HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. We are broadcasting live from Feast Portland. I'm Andrew Friedman of Andrew Talks to Chefs. And before we kick things off, we'd like to once again thank Travel Portland, Stream, PDX, and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage of Feast possible. And I'm now joined, we're, we're changing things up a little, by the way. This is our first interview of the day that we are doing with the Airstream door open for some fresh air. I it feel feels lucky. good. <laughs> you should feel lucky because it was getting a little warm. Yeah. The sun has found the Airstream. Uh, I am here with Greg Denton. Welcome. Thank you. Greg is an actual local chef here in Portland. And Greg and his wife, who was going to be here but is not, but I spent so much time practicing her name. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I want to get it right. You can do it. You're going to tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Gabrielle. That's Good. easy. Yeah. Quinones. No. 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 Almost. It's Quinones. 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 That's how, that's how she trained me. Quinones. Quinones. Okay. Yeah. Gabrielle Quinones. Dante, okay. Gabby, wherever you are, we're thinking of you. Had a, had a last minute uh, conflict, so it's yep. uh, no, I don't want to say just, so it's Greg and I, and uh, Greg and Gabrielle are the chef owners of Ox Restaurant, and also of Bistro Agnes. Big smile and nod from you as I say those two restaurants. Yeah, I'm very happy with them. First of all, what's it like going from one to two? Um, it's 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 exciting and it's scary and more it's well the way we did it too is we put out a book at the same time as we opened the second restaurant right. and it was originally called a restaurant uh, the beast Agnes was originally called Superbite restaurant mm -hmm. um it was a small plates concept and we put out our cookbook which was around the fire which came out um a couple of years ago and we had all these tour events as you are very yeah, familiar well we, with yeah well you and i were together yeah. at uh worlds of flavor and yep. napa we yeah we've seen each other on the circuit yep and our and our and our shared friend um um evan sung yes did the photos for that book yep. and um it it was a lot and we probably planned it pretty poorly uh, it's one of those things that sometimes these opportunities come up whether mm -hmm. it be a space or and this space came up 
and it just it just we had if we were gonna do it we had to do it and so we said yes to the space i think civilians would be shocked to learn how many restaurants how often the restaurant timeline you know like the moment of conception is a real estate deal absolutely that is probably the most frequent thing when someone when you ask these sort of lofty creative questions where did the idea for so more often than not it was what might look good in this space that a broker just brought me it's true and i i feel like a lot of chefs have a few uh ideas in their ch- chamber and you may get an opportunity and you say okay well i think this may be the perfect spot for this and uh we tried a small plates concept and it didn't feel it didn't feel like it was working in that spot and mm. so another thing we had in our chamber was a classic french bistro and we moved we pivoted from that and did this classic french bistro for lunch or for dinner seven days a week and it is beyond it's so busy it's it's people are loving it it's just fitting it's great it's fitting the space and i as much as Superbite was a passion project and it was something that we really wanted to, you know, let our freak flag fr- fly yeah. and all those things. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the reason that we all are chefs is that we want to give people what, you know, we we're hospitable. We, we want, we, w- I want to give the, I want to give Portland a classic French bistro in the downtown area where we are. And I, and I think it, and, and, you know, there's other French restaurants in town, but I think this is, people are really very happy about what we're doing there. Did it feel at all counterintuitive to you to do something like that? You know, it seemed, you know, you come to this city. I mean, I've had great Mexican food Mm -hmm. since I've been here for not even 48 hours. I've had some great Mexican food. I've had some Vietnamese food. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of sort of single subject food businesses here, you Mm -hmm. know, that do one thing or variations on a theme. Yep. And in the middle of that, to throw in a you know French bistro, right? Yeah, I mean France, at least on the in on the East Coast, especially, is you know traditional French is having a moment right now. Yeah, but I don't think about that moment as being something I associate with the Pacific Northwest. Did it feel like counter programming when you guys did it? Was there a call for it? Were you hearing like from guests that they were sort of would love something like that? Um, not. Not so much, uh, not so much like people saying, oh, you should change to a classic French bistro. It just was, the downtown Portland area is growing. It's yeah. growing. In the next five years, it may not even look the same. There's, I think, I was going to say there's at least six high rises that are going up in the next five years. And when I say high rises, I mean really tall buildings with office space and apartment complexes. And it's really, it's really growing. And so, we realized that we needed to be open for lunch. And so that was the kind of the catapult that sent us to, well, what's, what's a super bite lunch, you know? And then it was, it was small plates and it didn't, it didn't make sense. So that's what, what could this space be? And, and then what's missing in this spot? You know, there's a couple front and there's little bird bistro, which is down closer to Burnside and closer to the bridge. And then there's St. Jack restaurant, which is in the Northwest. Um, but both of those restaurants are, they, they, they tend towards classic French bistro, but they have create a creative outlet to them. And we very, very intentionally, um, did <laughs> like our creativity comes from our 
our research in classic dishes and that's that like how do we make things really really classic and really really traditional and not really go outside the box too much you know not with like creative plates and just really classic dishes not with right not with the recipe right no. or the ex- but you know it is interesting to me it's one of my favorite conversations um about the old days, right, mm-hmm. was with uh, a chef in New York named Michael Lamonaco. People may no. know Michael from television. Um, but, you know, Michael said to me that when he was coming up, and it was just classic French, mm-hmm. right, like in the early 80s. Yep. And I said, well, was that satisfying to you? And he had been a musician, right, and an actor. Yep. And he said, well, you know, it's like being a musician or an actor in that you may be playing Hamlet, or you may be on the piano playing a Mozart piece, right? But even though you're playing those notes, even though you're reading those lines, what you do with them makes it yours. Yes. So there is, you know, how how long a ride do you give the cheese on a, on the French onion soup? You know, like how well done does that cheese get? Right. How much garlic goes in a dish that has garlic? Absolutely. How, right? Yep. And it's and a, so it, there is room for your own stamp. Absolutely. On something that is a hundred is is super classic. Is super classic, and also there's, you, it's something that I've been trained in, and I wanted to share this th- because everybody wants to work with the exciting big Asian flavors. They want yeah. modern Asian, like they yeah. they're just like they want to play with that, and I think to be able to create a real like a really deep rich braise and to really develop a sauce with reduction and then you veal stock one veal stock two which is a rewetting then you combine them both and then you reduce it down then you've strained it about 12 times between then and then what's that finished sauce yeah. and that that you don't actually see quite often around here because it's hard yeah it takes a long time and that's why i'm pretty dedicated to it i'm there at like sometimes at four in the morning you know, just time to make the, the donuts. Time to make the donuts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. true. So, so anyway, so let's talk for a minute about. Well, first of all, I want to talk about this dinner you guys are involved in. But, sure. But you come from my neck of the woods. Well, you come from New York State. New York State, Schenectady. Schenectady. Yep. You spent time in Vermont. Yep. You know, I hadn't been out here in almost twenty years mm-hmm. to, to Seattle or Portland, and and the, my, when I woke up here yesterday, I was so happy. You yeah. know. What made you want to move here? What what brought you out here? Well, um, so we were actually in Maui, Hawaii before we were here. Okay. And Maui, Hawaii is beautiful, but it's one season. It's always sunny. It's always warm. It's always beautiful, which some people are, of course. Mm-hmm. What are, You're an idiot. Why do you want to come to the Pacific Northwest? No, I get it. I'm the same as you. That's why I never moved to L.A. But you, we came out here in November to visit because, you know, we just – we were thinking about leaving the islands and we, you know, was, is it going to be New Hampshire? Is it going to be Vermont? Is it going to be Maine? Is it going to be Seattle or is it going to be Northern California? And then Portland about 10 or 11 years ago started really getting some notice. Um, uh, Had been getting it for a while, but, but really, but then it like really ramped yeah, up. Yeah. It just like, yeah. Yeah. And, and we were like, wow, this is a cool little place. And we came and we ate. It was so cold. It was rainy. But we happened upon a beer festival. We ate great mussels. We had some great French food. <laughs> no surprise because we love Bistro Fair. Uh, we 
We just enjoyed it. We, it's very it, it welcoming, was, isn't it? It's that, very, that's how I feel about both. It's the very cities. European too, in a certain mm. respect. It's got that some that little bit of feel, and we love the fact that an hour away there's the coast, an hour away there's a there's a there's a mountain that I can ski or snowboard at. Uh, if I want big big city, I can go to Seattle, which is three hours away, and then they have like one of the, the best wine countries, you know, in the world. Yeah. down in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. So it was really a. To us, it was a perfect fit. So that's why we came here. And then at the time, it was cheaper. You know, as oh, a sure. young cook, it was cheaper with rent. And it was cheaper to... You, the idea of getting a restaurant in Maui, Hawaii was tough. You had to have millions of dollars. To, for here, there's... You know, you might be able to start something with 100000 bucks. You know, mismatched silverware, mismatched plateware. It was all cool. But it's... You know, now that's pretty much gone now because yeah. it's so popular but that's what brought us here and and that's what and we and i also love the humidity the humidity is generally really really low here yeah. when it's not raining but it's beautiful it's i've always said when it's not raining well first of all when it is raining it's rarely pouring mm-hmm. um winters don't get that harsh Mm-mm. and when it's not raining it's freaking spectacular here yeah and in the summer the sun sets at like 9 30 i mm-hmm. mean it's nuts well i coming from the east coast i mean it's cold like it's you're not you know the east coast is yeah cold. East yeah coast is cold. No, like I, you're yeah. you're freezing like yeah, you yeah that, you, like here you get yeah here you get, you get a carhartt jacket or something you get you get well you get good me, to go you might have four or five days of really cold just like in the the summer some it's yeah. just doesn't it's just not as long yeah mm. so um all right. Well, talk to me about this dinner yes. that's happening. Mm-hmm. Nouveau Bistro. Yes. As I'm told, it focuses on the link between France and Oregon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Explain. Well, <laughs> well, I think it, th- we are having a little bit of a resurgence in French cuisine here. We have, uh, I know, um, uh Coquine is going to be there, and she does, you know, French twists and mm-hmm. things like that. She's very well known for her um, chicken and things like that. So we, uh, so I think for us, we specifically went with the French and the Beaujolais theme. So what we're doing is we're doing a and. Portland's kind of known for donuts in a certain respect. You had, you know, the the, the weird donuts mm-hmm. and things. So we're kind of taking a play on that. So we're taking um, a homemade donut and we're stuffing it with what would be in and on a uh, croque monsieur, which <sighs> is um, uh, Mornay, which is bechamel and cheese, uh, Dijon mustard, smoked ham. Um, and then we're stuffing it inside. We're deep frying the donut. And then on top, we're going to put a... Gamay Noir, um, so a Beaujolais uh, strawberry jelly on it with a nice little bit of black pepper. And then we're doing a ham sugar where we're dehydrated ham and we're mixing it with sugar. And then that'll be, that's our, that's our dish. So you you can see it's, you know, France and Portland and it's, you know, mixed. That sounds pretty awesome. Did you come up with this for the dinner? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So do you have you don't have an outlet for it though. No, beyond tonight. No, right? You <laughs> can't do it in your. No, it's not going to well, be a plat de jour. No, at, uh, <laughs> we could. Well, we could. I mean, we could do. We could. We could. If if there's some know. leftover, we could bring back. But most likely not. Most likely not. <laughs> It'll be a one and done. Do you connect? Um, Portland. T- well, this is. I'm gonna. I'll give the idea away. If somebody takes it, they can have it. But you know, um, I was having a conversation with a chef. Who I won't name, 
but pretty well-known chef. And I, they were asking me what I was going to do next for a book. And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing a book about Brooklyn, contemporary Brooklyn, right? I said, I think that it has a lot in common with like the, you know, the, the not all of it, but the romance people have around like Berkeley in the early 70s, like the whole Chez Panisse, you know, that whole time. Yeah. And the, you know, foragers starting to be like, I connect a lot of that with what's happening in Brooklyn, now, especially with the added layer of uh, we don't need to get into this. But, you know, all of a sudden now there's a political vibe that mirrors that time. You know, we have protests in the streets. Right. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff. And I so I said this to the chef and the chef says, no, you should do a book called Hipster Food and you should do <laughs> Brooklyn, Portland, Charleston. I forget the other city she named. Yeah. But do you do you connect? It's a long way of asking this question. Mm-hmm. The, what's happening here, which is palpable. It is palpable what's happening here in food. Yeah. You just walked. First of all, I don't know how any this is not news here, but how a city of this size can sustain the number of coffee businesses is <laughs> makes no sense to me. Right. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Um, but, you know, the food trucks. Yeah. The restaurants, large and small, ambitious and modest. Mm-hmm. Um, there is such a culture of food happening here. Does it feel to you like it's connected in some way with the other places I named or with a larger um, thing that's happening right now? Or does it feel really specific to Portland for you as a chef and a diner in the thick of it? Yeah, I think it uh, does that make sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I would say that I, it, it is a bit connected, I think. If you look, so like Austin would be probably Austin might have been the one, one yeah, one there, sure. You know, yeah. so it's it's the small city attached to the big city, right? Mm, it's it's uh, right. It's Brooklyn attached to Manhattan. It's it's Austin attached to Dallas. It's Portland attached to Seattle. Like it's the it's the little jerk little brother that just wants to prove that he's good and better. And but for me, I. You know, I, I I just I'm I'm serious about food. I'm 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 serious about what we do. I don't. Um, I guess sometimes I care about too much about what people <laughs> think. I, just like every other chef, yeah, you're, sure. you're sensitive about certain things. But it's I feel like the f- the people that are people are really pushing themselves here, but. Yeah, I, I I would say that there is a connection between That's all so the cities. That's so interesting. I never thought of the little brother thing. Yeah. I mean, what I think of is this sort of um, well, you mentioned it—the lower barrier to entry, right? Which comes with being, but you don't have to be near a big city for that to be true. Mm-hmm. Like you could no. be an isolated small town, but I I associate that the money piece. Yep. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the restaurants are kind of scrappy, which mm. I mean is a compliment. Yep. Um, and it also seems to me that there is this sort of very often a DIY element to it. You yeah. know, people who, a lot of the restaurants in the places we just named, they're not hiring the name designers, no. which I guess is a, is a function of the, bu- these things are all not necessarily triggered by each other. But no. I know a lot of people, certainly in Brooklyn, who built their own restaurants. Absolutely. You know, and a lot, or brought, like brought in a ringer from home. Same thing here. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same here. It's the same here. And, yeah. And, and, and a customer base that is um, unpretentious enough to not mind any of that. 
Yeah. Right. They, they don't need to go to a place that's, fa- you know, they don't quote unquote fancy or has a certain level of polish on it. If they can sense they're in the hands of a serious front of a house, front mm-hmm. of a house yep. and a cap- capable kitchen. Absolutely. Right. There's they're they okay. just want the stuff. They're OK with a little bit of discomfort, whether that be waiting in line for something. Sure. Right. Uh, whether it be not having the, the the right china or, you know, or mix mac tables and chairs and things like that. So I. I it, but as as a city like Portland grows or a city like Austin grows, there's going to be another city that pops up next to Portland, whether it be a suburb or whether it be, you know, suddenly Tacoma's the next hot place because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of in between. But yeah. it, again, it's because chefs and young people who are in the kitchens, they always are searching. They have to search for cheaper places. So that's where it's always going to be that way that – if you want the next hot place, it's going to be a cheaper place because that's usually where that young person who's got all that ambition, who's got all that drive, who doesn't care about time, and that's where they're going because that's where they can afford. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for you know the next one. <laughs> the next one next but to the other one. But do you feel like change is inevitable? Like, do you think a city can stay like? Because that to me is sort of a magic. To me, there's this will sound corny, but I mean mm-hmm. this sincerely. There's sort of an energy. It's it's the energy of the young cooks, right? Everything you just said, willing to do it on the cheap, willing to put in blood, sweat, and tears, willing to sleep in their construction site overnight if they have to, right? Yep. Um, that is, a, I feel like you could you could draw like in uh, like in an Indiana Jones movie on the map, right? Mm-hmm. You could track like that spirit almost around this country. You know, it's it's always been somewhere. Absolutely. You know, at one point it was in like Soho in New York. And the west side of Los Angeles and Berkeley, you yep. know? Yep. And then it was in like Miami, mm-hmm. right? Miami had it. Um, Chicago had it. Yep. You know, and a little bit still does, but I think it's gotten a little more built up. Yep. But but I do wonder if the if the um you know, if when you have that you can stay there. Mm-hmm. Because it does draw people. Yeah. You know, probably one of the reasons you know, one of the biggest things I see in real estate listings is proximity to cool restaurants, right? Oh. Like you mentioned the skyscrapers that are going up. That's probably in part due to the food scene here. Real estate, real estate, people in real estate should give a lot of credit to young chefs because someone like myself who opened up a restaurant in not the best part of town like Ox, uh, suddenly you become an anchor you're an anchor you're suddenly you're the walking score goes up as soon as that walking score goes up then you know the whole food comes in and then you know it's it it really is like that and but unfortunately what's happening though is that i as a young chef i'm really happy where i'm at now because we're established but trying to be established now is really hard because of just it's you know you got young chefs and you got to, you know, there's none of that, that old school mentality anymore. Everyone's, yeah. everyone is, you know, you, the, it's hard to find good cooks, unfortunately. Yeah, now it seems to be a nationwide, it, it, maybe it, it worldwide is. epidemic, but it, it's tough. And, and, and I'm not, yeah. we, we can get into it all day, but I'm yeah. not going to, no, but, well, it used but to, it but used it, to be the opposite. Yep. It used to be that you like, if if you had a good restaurant, you could have all the cooks you wanted. Now there's so many restaurants that there's not there's not there's not enough cooks out there. Yeah. The best line I ever heard was I, I can't say who it was, but a friend of mine said, "My sous chef should be line cooks, and my line cooks should be prep cooks." Yeah. 
Anyway, on that pessimistic note, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Greg, I po- we've been referring to this like speed dating. We're going, you know, we only have about twenty five minutes no, per it's, visitor. It's all good. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Uh, this it's is our first actual interview. I hope I'll get to have you guys on my full length podcast sometime. I, I would be, be more than happy to yeah. do it anytime. Yeah, next time we're in the same city, we'll do that. We will. All right, thank you. Okay, and have a great time with dinner tonight. We will. Okay, thank you. take care. Thanks so much. Oh, and before we sign off. Uh, I'm sorry, I need to thank, once again, Travel Portland, Stream PDX, and our engineer Aaron Parecki, and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage of Feast Possible. And we'll be back on the air soon with another host and another guest, so please stick around.